Hey, Bestie. What's up, girl? We help people grow in their Christian lives, and through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. When you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. Here we go. Episode 185 of the Witty and Gritty podcast. We are in our favorite part of the mini-series. This is I Am Rahab mini-series, so we're closing it up. And I guess at the beginning of the mini-series, we talked about how it ends exactly three interviews all the way to the last Wednesday in December, which makes my Enneagram oneness happy. Yes, we all like when it lands on an even number. Hooray! Yeah, always fun. We are interviewing Brooke because, as you guys know, the interviews always play off of uh, people that are living out the principles of the book. Um, I've been interviewed for part of a series before. Yeah, Daring Greatly. Yes, Daring Greatly. And now it is Brooke's turn in the hot seat. How are you feeling? I'm a little sweaty now that you said that. <laughs> it's, it's the hot seat. Yes. So, um, November 14th was Type 1 Diabetes Day. Yeah, World Diabetes Day is what it says in my phone. Okay, yes. And so that is what Brooke's going to do throughout this interview is educate us a little bit more on diabetes. And it also coincides with the one-year anniversary of her son, Rhett, being diagnosed with Type 1 diabetes, which I'm sure you guys can imagine if you don't experience diabetes or know someone that does, Having a child identified with a long-term, lifelong illness uh, can be a little earth-shattering. So uh, we're going to learn more about diabetes. We're going to learn about how Brooke has learned and continues to learn and grow through this process um, because we preach to you guys all the time about tips and tricks. And while we're not perfect every day, we're here to learn from each other. It's really weird not looking at any notes on what to ask for the questions in the interviews. I'm yes. just staring at the recording screen. What am I supposed to look at? I don't know what to do with my hands. But you know what? That's great because uh, it, you guys should be aware that I gave Brooke zero interview questions ahead of time. Yeah. Thanks. Because you know who usually reminds me to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Brooke. Uh, <laughs> but they're all up here. That's right. Pointing at my head. Can't, yeah. Can't wait. Okay. Take us back to December 14th. A day like any other day. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, whenever you have kids and then you're like, should they be walking now? I don't know. And the doctor's like, oh, you know, between like eight months and three years. Like, wow, thanks. That really That's a big helps. range. Yeah. Right. And so this, you know, that weird gap between Thanksgiving and Christmas, everyone's like excited for the holidays, but tired waking up and going to school and random stuff happens and kids are weird. Your so. schedule's all off. Yeah. Every, there's a... Like, all these extravaganzas and dances and recitals and your favorite things. All, all the, <laughs> yes, these are a few of my favorite things. So it's all the things right now. So everyone's feeling a little winded. So last year, Rhett just seemed he was drinking water a ton, going to the bathroom a ton, eating a ton. So what does that tell you? Oh, growth spurt. Growth spurt. Right? Yep. So nothing to worry about here. It's only been a couple weeks. He's a growing boy. Woohoo! Because mm-hmm. he's, our kids are super slim, just like Morgan, like just really tall and lanky. So, haven't been worried about it. And then um, he just seemed really tired, which, you know, aren't we all during this yes. time of year? Nothing seemed out of the normal. And then I wasn't able to go to his Christmas performance for work reasons. So, I watched him during, they posted on the Facebook group. So I could watch it during my lunch break. And he was sitting down, and then just about halfway through the program, he just kind of 
lays down and doesn't move for a while. I thought that's weird because Rhett is a very happy, full of energy boy. So this was opposite. And so then uh, towards the end, you see the teacher come and try to sit him back up and he just kind of ragdolls up. And I thought, hmm, not right. Not normal. So I call and I said, hey, is Rhett sick? Like, do I need to come get him? He said he hasn't been acting himself the, for the past couple weeks. And I'm just like, who oh, has, man? <laughs> Me neither. So we take him to the pediatrician. And on a hunch, the pediatrician runs a test. And she comes back in and says, mm, I don't really like what I saw. So I'm going to run a blood test. And we're going to go from there. And I said, well, what do, you, what do you think it is? And she goes, I think it's type 1 diabetes. Oh, like, okay, okay. Soft delivery. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I love this doctor. She's no, no, awesome. Yeah. Like, no. she's my, like, the way I talk, the way she talks. I'm like, yes, I love her. I would not have been ready for that. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to think about what that all means while she goes and runs this test. So she pricks his finger, runs the test, and then comes back in and she goes, do you want to go to Children's Dallas or Children's Plano? And so in my head, I was like, oh, this is an emergency situation, not like, yeah, let's set an appointment. She's like, no, you need to go, like, right now do you have clothes in your car or anything and I'm like no <laughs> and so then there's a long story so she I said okay Dallas and she goes great I'm gonna call and tell them that you're on the way and then you will be bumped up to next whenever you get there I said okay and she goes call me or I'll call you know what? I'm gonna call you in a couple days and we're gonna go from there and I'll also call your doctor so don't worry about any of that and I said, okay and so I'm walking out okay what's yeah. your first call okay so obligatory husband no I'm just kidding <laughs> so I call Morgan I had called him to say I'm picking up bread I'm taking it to the doctor it's yeah. probably just it's probably just a gross spurge he's probably just tired yeah. probably just needs rest and so I call back and I'm like and he's like okay you're going to Dallas and I said yes he said okay I'm in Arlington I'll see you there and I said okay and then I called you yes <laughs> and then I was like oh, I'm driving to the la, 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 la. he's got type one and, or they think it is. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't say it of until. Course. And also, Rhett wasn't allowed to eat or drink anything. Oh man! So it's like, it, he's a very hungry person right now. So he's crying. I'm crying. It was just a whole. It was a whole thing. But then Farron like texted out to the group. You Farron to our CG. I mean, like the eight of us. Is there eight or seven? Seven. I don't know. And the Holy Spirit. And eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> One to grow on. And so then. Farron's texting this to the group, so everyone's replying back with prayers and stuff. And then it's one of those, like, if you've never driven to this hospital, Mm. where do you park? Where? Sure, everywhere's an emergency entry. Like, which one's the one I need to go to? And they're like, you got to go up to this and ring da 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 And so perfect timing. I'm pulling in, and Katie Funk, who worked at Children's, called, and she's like, where are you right now? I said, I'm on the intersection of this and this. She goes, good, and she gave me, like, step-by-step instructions to park. I was like, this is perfect timing. Thank you, Katie. Run in, get them checked in, lots of tests, all the things, and then diagnosed with type 1. So what did you know about diabetes or type 1 diabetes in general before this? Um, I only knew two people who've had it. Both are grown men. And all I knew is that you just had to sometimes have sugar. And that's pretty much all I knew. And is, I know some of these because I've asked you already, but throughout this, I'm going to act as if I know nothing. (laughs) You've had a year of practice listening to me. (laughs) So is it hereditary or how can it develop? This is a, a good question. It's not hereditary. No one knows why it happens. 
It just happens. There is no family history that has type 1 on mine or Morgan's side. We, it's, it's, no one knows what causes it. There's not a way to fix it with your diet. There's, there's just not a way because your pancreas just doesn't work. With type 2, your pancreas does work. You just need to help it. But with type 1, it's useless. So before you knew that, did you go through any phases of like, this is my fault or I could have done something different? Or was it just so much you didn't even know you didn't have time to even get to that point? Children's Dallas and Children's Plano are the best hospitals ever, period. Changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So from the beginning, they were like, there is nothing you did or did not do that caused this. No one knows why this happens. I mean, they were very good about making sure that you knew it wasn't your fault. There's nothing you could have done. Okay, so you get the diagnosis, but then you, it doesn't stop <laughs> there. Like, it's not just a pill that you take every day, not only for Rhett having to endure shots and pricks, but then you've used a lot of math. Yes, so I stopped math in school as soon as I could. Because, <laughs> why? I think we've joked on this, on, on this show for years about how, like, I don't math. We took, we took stats. Like yeah. social science stats in college. I'm like, I'm not going to use math. I took that pass <laughs> fail, yes. So yeah. I was never yeah. going to do another burpee, and you were never going to I was gonna never going to do math. math again. But it was, you have to do a lot of math on how to calculate insulin to carb ratio. I mean, there's a bunch of, lots of math. All this to say, Morgan has done mental math for his job forever, so he was able to just blah, 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 blah. But I was not. So I had to like pen and paper every single time, which is okay. I'd rather get it right mm-hmm. than be like, mm, I don't know, because you can't. Yes. Mm-hmm. Too much is not good. Not enough is not good. So yes. lots of mess. So how did you handle not only, um, let's do this in two questions. Great. Okay. Short term, how did you handle the stress of learning something new and just like the mental wear and tear from like, you don't want to mess this up because it could mm-hmm. have a terrible consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, So let's start with your actual responsibilities to keep Rhett alive. Okay, so it was definitely very stressful, high intensity, just because you have to learn it immediately. There's not, you don't have time to like learn a skill over the course of a year or like learn how to develop a skill set. You have to learn it right now. Even if you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Number one, because we're not releasing you until we know you're competent at this. And number two, you have to be able to do this without having to pick up the phone and call the diabetes hotline all the time. So you have to be a fully functioning person within 48 hours. There you go. So I would say pretty stressful. You know that it's the meme where it's like the guy's underwater, but you just see his thumbs up above mm-hmm. water. That's, that's exactly how I felt. What helped you get through that? So if someone, let's say very specifically, their kid got diagnosed the day they're listening to it mm-hmm. and they're in the hospital trying to learn the math or in general, their kid gets diagnosed with something else. They get hit with terrible news. They're having to figure out very stressful, acute stress. We're talking about yes. acute stress first. Not what are stress. some things <laughs> that helped during those times, whether for yourself or what other people did to help you? Okay. Great question. Thank so, you. <laughs> you're really good at this. You should do this more, Farron. <laughs> Okay, so yes, it is high stress, but I would say with the past, constantly reading my Bible, constantly doing all these things biblically and Christian community and praying, I knew in the situation, I did not have to be confident in myself. I just had to be confident in God, which was really cool because people are like, oh, you're worried you're going to do it wrong? Like, no, God's going to like, 
he's going to do the thing in my brain and it is going to work. I'm not worried at all about not being able to do it. Not be, I'm not worried about being incompetent at a skill because he's going to equip me. Because it says it in the Bible. So if Fred has type 1 diabetes, he's going to give a mom who has the skill set to do it. So I was never worried about can I do it or can I not do it. But so from a spiritual side, from an earthly side, like you, you have to. Like you, there's not another. That's the only option. I mean, there's two options, but I wasn't going to do the other one. <laughs> you're going to do it because you want your kid to survive and thrive. And is there anything that someone on the outside, maybe they're listening to this because their friend's mm-hmm. been diagnosed or their kid. So what yes. either did people do or could people have done and be fully transparent with that? Because yeah. sometimes we don't know. Okay. So I'm going to talk about our CG. Okay. So home group, life group, whatever your people call it, CG. Got to have one, find a way to have one. So Farron was the, like the communicator. Liaison. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because I, I'm i trying to do math over here. So if you can, like, can I just put you on speaker while I do other things and then just tell you what's going on? Or you just listen and then just relay it, whatever mm-hmm. you think needs to be relayed, because I don't even have the bandwidth to do that. So yeah. Farron, you did a good job. I feel like each of y'all had very specific and different roles. Mm-hmm. And it was great because... I didn't have to figure that out. Y'all were able to either, I don't know, if y'all talked about it or whatever y'all did or God was like, do this because that's your skill set. I don't know. So Farron, you were a great liaison. All of y'all were prayer warriors for sure. Um, We had different people go and drop stuff off at the hospital. Like Jacqueline and Mike dropped off a giant T-Rex for (laughs) Rhett. (laughs) And then also chocolate for me. It was great. Um, I mean, just different Couples did different things, whether it was bring stuff to our house or they gave us like an Uber Eats gift card so we could wherever there was. Or once we got home, it's kind of like when you have a newborn. Like we came home and our newborn was named type 1 diabetes. So if you've had a newborn and got home, that's what it feels like. And you're like, I don't know what to do here. What do I do? So I would say community was there to like drag me along if I needed dragging along or could help on this stuff, if I was so focused on type 1 diabetes, all the other parts got taken care of. Yeah. I definitely think that's something, um, I don't know if it's unique, but how about special about our group? That we come together, but we are all differently equipped, and that's not a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a good thing. You're going to get loved in all five love languages (laughs) at some point, uh, which is good because one of them has to be yours. Yeah, so. and that's a perfect representation of like the body of Christ, right? So like we're all different parts, but together we're one. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really cool demonstration that I just now epiphanied. Thanks, Holy Spirit, talking through me right there. But all of y'all had very specific roles that you just knew to do. Mm-hmm. I think too to generalize this beyond uh, diabetes too, if this you know if that's not very specific to you, is the preparation work which we preach all the time about being prepared ahead of time. So it's not wrong if you wait till crisis to pick up your Bible and reach out to God and reach out to someone you may not have talked to or contact a church that, man, you haven't visited in a couple months, but, you know, the nursery care worker loved your kid when you went. That's not wrong, but it sure can help when crisis arises if you already have those things in place. It was nice knowing that I didn't have to be worried at all about it. Just the... I guess it was more so of being able to like turn around and teach other caretakers to do it. Like I had to turn around and teach my mother-in-law and my mom like, hey, 
we've got to learn all how to do this. Or like Brooke never goes on a date night again, or kids don't ever get to sleep over again. Like this is a thing that we're all going to have to learn together. All right. So that was the acute, immediate, mm-hmm. um, not to say this offensively, but maybe easy to see this is right in front of me. I need to tackle this. Ooh. Had another thing. Yes. With community stuff. So my sister-in-law, Stephanie, she's really good at like finding cool things on the internet. <laughs> that is and such so, a good skill. Like immediately she was like, you can follow these people on Instagram. You mm. can buy these products. Cause I, there was no way that I was going to be like, Oh, I've got time to look on Pinterest for whatever. And she even went as far as like buying cute patches and sending them to my house. So Rhett had like a cute little dinosaur patch to put on over his stuff. So that is also helpful if you're like, I don't know what to do, but I can, I have like funds. You have a fun way to, here's the funnest way to enjoy getting stuck with something. I like that you brought up the different uh, community groups that are online too. Um, this is mm-hmm. your interview, but I will say that I actually never ended up joining any groups on miscarriage because I was in the mindset of, but this is my experience and no one knows what it feels like because that was, you you know, my own individual thing. Which it is. It is. That is maybe, in fact, true, but I also don't think that thought originates from God. So, uh, you know, the spirit or the, <laughs> the spirit wants you to join community, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, Satan, yeah, that guy, he does not. And so I will say since then I've met and talked with other people that have gone through miscarriage and it doesn't take the pain away, but there's just something about having someone else that has been through something similar. So again, if just to apply this broader, if you are experiencing a difficulty, there are probably groups out there either in person or on the internets that um, don't isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. It'll just take longer to, in my opinion, get the momentum to um, do some healing from the pain. And guess what? If you can't find a group... That means you're the one who starts it. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good di- type 1 diabetic groups out there. Just tips and tricks or at one point, like, I wasn't sure what to do on something. So, obviously, call your doctor. So, I did that. But this was, like, a non, like, hey, do y'all have a fun way to look up? Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah! Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, um, like, there's people who are asking for prayer on the Facebook groups. So, it's nice to be able to support each other. Absolutely. Okay. This might still be an ongoing process, but let's talk about Mm long-term. Have you, or Morgan, I don't know if you're comfortable speaking for him, um, was there a point where you started to grieve what long-term life looked like for Rhett? Is that something that still creeps up from time to time? Where are you at in that process, and did it just hit you like a Mack truck, or was it kind of underlying, but you were too busy dealing with all the other immediate issues? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I think I I knew that I was going to be the person who was going to be the one that needed to learn it all, so I could then distribute information. Morgan will say that I'm the better teacher than he is, for <laughs> obvious reasons, so I knew that that was going to be my role. I was going to digest all the information, and then I was going to distribute where it needed to happen, so... As I was doing that, in the hospital, we just, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever, I mean, whoever's been in a crisis, like, you just have to alternate taking turns having mental breakdowns, just try not to have them at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, he would have a moment, then I would have a moment. Then he would have, and we would just take turns, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, He was the one who was quicker to get to the long term, because you can't get to the, and in my head, you can't get to the long term without the short term, right? So, 
I was more short-term then. But as I think about new things, I just add it to the prayer list. So I I don't remember where I read it, but it was like, if you're going to pray about it, then don't worry about it. If you're going to worry about it, then don't pray about it. And I thought, that's really good. Mm. So if I'm going to sit here and pray about it, then that's that's not my problem to fix. I'm giving that to God. He is all-powerful. He can... He knows how to figure that out. And I'm just going to pray about it. So things like, oh, I need to start praying for like his college roommate because he's going to be like, if he doesn't hear his alert go off, hopefully his roommate does or his future wife or his middle school best friend's parents. Like if there's a sleepover, Mm -hmm. are the parents going to be able to wake him up and make sure he drinks a juice or whatever? So thinking about those things, like the fun milestones along the way. Yeah, or you see, like with sports, we're a sports family. We were both college athletes, so in our heads we're like, our kids are going to, you know, college athlete plus college athlete equals college, college athlete, athletes. right? Yeah, it's just a, more math. And so <laughs> just in our heads going, oh, wait, does this stop him from doing certain things? The answer is no, you just got to find a way to work around it. So it's been cool also seeing like professional football players go and check their blood sugar on the sideline. You don't, I mean... Now that you know you're in the club that you don't want to be a part of, but you're in it, you know what to look for. So you see like, oh, people are doing it, so it can be done. Yeah, back to it can be really isolating at first, but looking for hope. Yeah. How did you explain to Rhett his diagnosis? Because at the time he was three, Mm -hmm. like just Just turned turned three. three. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Because I imagine it's confusing, <laughs> like, he too goes from one day of, you know, maybe being tired and hungry and whatever, to poked and prodded nonstop. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we had to just... I'm a facts and truth person. I'd always rather give facts and truths. So, saying, like, hey, Rhett, you have a sickness called type 1 diabetes. It doesn't go away, but these are the things we have to do in order to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And And healthy so sometimes even today like if his one of his devices doesn't work and we got to prick his finger he doesn't like that but I'm like why do we do this and he's like because it keeps me safe so I think if we can I mean you can do this with anything like why do we have this rule kids because brothers and sisters love and protect each other and God wants us to love each other so you can always tie it back to something so that way when it does get hard they can their memory just says this is what keeps me safe yeah and we're big about even speaking truth to ourselves to combat lies, but mm-hmm. I like that you are being kid-friendly, but 100% truthful with Rhett, so I think he'll have a good understanding. It's not like you'll give him a little kid mm-hmm. explanation that's fantasy, and then one day decide, you're old enough now, yeah. I'm going to tell you, tell you the truth and the reality. Yeah, we also use medical terms, too, because the whole world understands alcohol swab. Not, I need a wipey. Okay, like there's a million different kinds of wipeys. You need an alcohol swab or you need skin tack or you need to check your blood sugar. So he knows to say, I need to check my blood sugar instead of, I need to poke. Like, what? 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're trying to give him those medical terms. So that way, if an emergency happened or if he's, his school right now doesn't have a nurse because it's not public ed. So there's not a school nurse. So he has to be able to say those things so they know what he's talking about. Yeah, kind of like we talked earlier about equipping yourself spiritually before a crisis. You're training Rhett on, you know, the conditions of his diabetes and Mm -hmm. treatment. So that way, if there were ever an issue, he would have hopefully the opportunity to uh, advocate and tell what he he needs. 
what about his sisters? Because he has two sisters, mm-hmm. and I know one super... They're both empathetic, yes. but then also needles is like a thing. And <laughs> Sloane hates pain of all kinds. Like, she's the person who will cry if her brother gets hurt. So, lots of tears from, like, Rhett and Sloane together, which was sweet, but also, like, oh, that's... It's hard. So, Sloane is the person who always holds Rhett's hand. He always wants to hold Sloane's hand when he's getting whatever changed or whatever poke. He wants to hold her hand, and she'll, like, play with his hair and tell him sweet things, which is great. Scout is like me. She's like, what do you need? You need an alcohol swab? You need skin tack? I got the, I got the Dexcom. We got it. So, and she'll be there for it, but um, this, the heart connection, Sloan helps fulfill, and then, like, the practical application Scout fulfills, which, again, like, hands and feet right there. Mm-hmm. What do you do when it's emotionally taxing? He's crying that he doesn't want to be pricked. And you might be bad. You know you have to do it, but being the bad guy that is actually carrying it out. He mm-hmm. knows you got to do it. You know he's got to do it. Uh, i got to hurt you anyway, bud. But, man, yeah. he's crying. It's going to hurt. Don't hurt me. Yeah. Um, we talk about how it keeps us safe. We've got to do it. Uh, we just stick to the facts. Like, it's okay to be sad. I'm sad, too. It's okay to be sad. But I, I don't use the phrase I'm sorry because I'm not sorry for poking him because we have to. Yeah. I mean, it stinks that it hurts, but I, and I go back to the phrases like, you're the bravest boy I know. And we do this because it keeps you safe. So there's some catchphrases that we say. You ever go cry it out in the closet? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, even just a couple of days ago, Farron, when his, we were, I was at your house, uh, we were trying to figure out his Dexcom. None of it was working, and it's just so frustrating because we ended up not getting to go do lots of things that we had planned to do because of type 1. And some days, it's just going to be type 1 diabetes fault, and that sucks, but make the most of it. Yeah. So I was like, when we get this figured out, we're going to go home and eat cookies. And he's like, yeah! I'm like, great, okay. <laughs> yeah, looking but for yes. the positive. That's Definitely. something you're good at. Definitely, uh, and I told you, I was like, I've been trying not to cry for like three hours, but here we are. (laughs) So I ended up just going to bed after that. But there are days where it's really hard, or whenever you have to tell your own mom, like, you have to wake him up and make him drink this juice. Mm -hmm. You have to, or telling your mother-in-law, you're going to have to poke his finger, and he's going to cry and not like it, and you're going to have to. And that was hard, watching their responses, because you have to make them do it too. Yeah. All kind of yucky sometimes, but big picture. Yeah. So um, let's get back specific to diabetes. Not that we haven't been, but you get the treatment. You know, you're learning all the math. You're doing all the things. But like, it's not you just keep doing that. Every day it like was different Mm -hmm. and unpredictable. And even the application for devices Mm -hmm. and... I'm going to use the phrase fighting with the insurance company. And Mm -hmm. can you just give us kind of a brief timeline and like, did you see answered prayers through the process? Yeah. Yes to all those things. (laughs) I know these answers. You wanted a brief answer, so it's hard. (laughs) Um, First six months or with any life change will be difficult, whether that's something simple like moving a house or job change or kids starting a kindergarten class. I mean, it's, First six months are going to be adjusting. So first six months, and a lot of times insurance companies will make something happen for six months before you can level up kind of thing. So luckily, um, we have been blessed with Morgan's great job and great insurance, and we're both parents who are both willing to dig in and learn the stuff and 
prove like, hey, we're going to do this. If you if you let us have a pump, we're going to show you that we can be diligent and awesome. And so we were able to get the pump, I think, three months in instead of six months in. But which, what did that require? Uh, you are best friends with the insurance company. You're but you had to go to classes too, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And so, you had to like scan all your documentation uh, uh, of oh, yeah. dosing. Oh, you're taking me back. Okay. So when you get diagnosed in the hospital, you're there for a couple of days, two or three days, depending on how much time you need, how comfortable all y'all feel before you're dis- dismissed. Dis- Discharged. Discharged. Yes. I knew there was some word where you have to leave. So, <laughs> and then you leave and then it's like newborn. You're like, wait, what? We're leaving? But who... We're going to keep them alive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So then, again, children's is so good because then they're like, nope, we're requiring that you come back up and you have diabetes 101 class and there's multiple classes you can take. And then if you do, if you are interested in the pump, it's not mandatory. But in my opinion, at this life stage, super awesome. Yay, technology. And thank you, people who made it. And then you have to take a class for that. And then you have to show all this documentation. And then you follow up and you have to... F- your insurance all this stuff and basically you have to make everyone in agreement that we can do this please let us do it and they're like great and then you go to a live start class where you bring in your kid um, again children's is really great because they're like we're not going to let you put a pump on your kid until you wear one for a week and like, oh okay so you got to wear stuff for however long that it's recommended which is great because then you know what it's like and it's a little empathy piece as mm-hmm. well now, why is the pump better than no pump? What's the difference there? Um, daily injections would be like syringe. So you have multiple daily injections versus a pump. So a pump already has the insulin in a reservoir, and you wear the pump, and it just puts an insulin as you need. You're already, you have a needle in your skin already. That word is cannula, which is a flexible needle. And then if you're on MDI, which is just shots, then you have to like get poked all day. So you have to check your blood sugar and then get poked. But then also, the other thing with that is you have to wait two hours before you can eat or inject anymore. Which, if you're three, Ugh. you like snacks. So, again, before pump life, it was really hard to be like, you have to wait. Or you can only eat cheese. And if you have a picky eater who doesn't like meat or cheese or zero-carb <laughs> snacks, then you're just like, I guess you can eat ice? Like, whatever. <laughs> We're just going to cry for two hours? What are we going to do? So, pump was great. Because then you can snack. And then when you're on vacation and all the cousins are like, can we also have ice cream? And you're like, yeah, I just have to dose you for it. Yes. So that's great. Pump yeah. life. And then also you better eat all the ice cream. <laughs> yes. And then you have to eat what I dose you for. So it's just funny because sometimes I'm like, I wonder how many weird looks I get for being like, you have to eat all your Skittles right now. <laughs> what kind of mother makes your kid eat Skittles? I'm like, I don't know. One who's about to pass out. So here you go. Eat the Skittles. Absolutely. So you're excited to get the pump, Mm -hmm. um, but then things like last week happened. Yeah. So um, do you want to just give a brief explanation of what happened? Malfunctioned? Yeah, like stuff will malfunction, stuff goes wrong. It just, that's normal. Just like your car stuff goes wrong or anything in a day, right? So it's really helped me learn to be flexible, which I didn't. I always knew I didn't like to change my plans, Enneagram 1, but then when this came along, I'm like, okay, so we're always operating on plan B, like I just need to plan for like, plan A is never going to work, like what's going to happen? Go ahead and write plan A, but uh, set it to the side. Yeah. Yes. So there are times where you're having to be like, "Mm, does anyone have an extra pump? Like what's happening? Oh, I I can tell a story. Yeah. Hit us with it. 
So Rhett wears a thing called a Dexcom, which checks your blood sugar. That way you don't have to get poked in their finger all day long. All the live long day. And after talking to insurance and loophole and stuff went wrong, there was not a Dexcom to be had. And it's almost closing at the pharmacy. And if you go to a pharmacy, it's like way more than if you go other places or anyway. So I was on my last leg, like crying on the phone with insurance. And then I see like a, a Walgreens uh, pharmacy person just walking around the parking lot, kind of looking around. I'm like, are they lost? They go here. And she goes, she knocks on my window. She said, are you Red's mom? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I have an extra Dexcom in my car. I'm a diabetic. And I was like, oh, like just little stories like that and you're like oh, see like answered prayer that was like month one so I didn't know what I was gonna do yeah look at that that's such a yeah. cool story sorry you had to go through that but then like hey opportunity for God to yeah, show I up I know to be like hey not only that but I'm gonna make sure this type 1 diabetic is working at this pharmacy and has an extra one in her car and those things are expensive and for her to be like here you go what people don't do that it's like $200. So how do you think we'll talk about just uh, life growth? Um, you mentioned it briefly, but how did you handle disappointment with plans not going with plan A versus how you handle disappointment with plan B? I mean, I'm sure you still get frustrated, but do you feel like you have a go-to pep talk, self-talk? Do you immediately just start angry praying but not sinning <laughs> or do you feel like you it's a shorter cycle of frustration and disappointment or does it just kind of depend I don't know I think I've grown a lot and I went through the whole spectrum from like what you said I knew it went from like be angry and don't sin to like this is super frustrating but I know there's a way out or like I know there's a solution just showing the solution and now I think I'm at the point a year later to be like okay this is just a different opportunity to either learn or pay it forward or connect with someone or like, there's so many ors like we didn't get to do the things we wanted to do a week ago but that in that end result ended up being like family movie night and hang out which you know yeah it's great always a good time do you see those skills uh carrying over into other areas beyond Rhett's type one diabetes i am a more flexible person <laughs> who is more willing to look for other opportunities and to pay it forward. So that's great. I think too, it's important to note that this required a career change for you. Oh yes. Can't forget that. (laughs) Yes. And how, so, um, Brooke, Mm -hmm. I will say maybe has been hoping that there would be a way to stay at home, not teach anymore because (laughs) Wanting to stay at home, support her husband, be with her babies more, mm-hmm. and um, get to be there for all the things. And yeah. so, while this is probably not the way you would have picked to go out, mm-hmm. um, it left you guys with, like, no choice. Yes, which is interesting. So, when he got diagnosed, there was, like, two or three days left in the semester. And so, I took days and then with all the information that you're having to learn and then turn around and teach and you have to go to multiple trainings at the beginning I was gonna miss like half the days for the next semester but also you never know when something's going to happen so at his day school they were just giving him injections out of the kindness of their hearts like they didn't there was no medical person on staff one of the directors was like I used to give myself allergy shots I'll give him shots and I was like 
oh, thank you, God. Okay, yeah. provide another way. Someone's willing to actually give them a shot. Because mm-hmm. some teachers were like, nope, not doing that. Yeah. For lots of wise yeah. reasons. Or just because it's sad and whatever. So they were able to do that. But at any point, I had to be able to stop whatever I was doing and go help. Or, I mean, if you had ketones, you have to check stuff every two hours. And there was just, there, and it's unpredictable. So there's not a way... So I ended up taking FMLA, and when that ran out in March, Morgan was like, just stay home. Like, this is, it's way too unpredictable right now in this season, so. By that point, you had enough evidence of, like, him going to school, Mm -hmm. and then you getting called to go right back up there, or midday having to go Mm -hmm. um, get him, and constantly, like, bless them for stepping up, because, like you said, they didn't have to, but they're constantly texting you to mm-hmm. make sure they're doing it right which you would want Giving them the right to amount and, absolutely yeah. so um anywho you were able to stay at home mm-hmm. and like I don't know I'm just happy that you were able mostly for Rhett but then you have been able to do different things take yes. them to school yeah pick them up from school yeah I get to see them so much more now yeah it's great so it's one of those also always look for the blessings in it too it's, I mean, yes, I, I wanted out of a job that had me in a place that was inflexible hours, but now I get to do this. I'm living my best life. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, we probably have people in our audience that would still um, have to work and do this, mm-hmm. but um, like you said, blessing in disguise. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, is there anything you would have told yourself We'll just say within that first month. Mm-hmm. Or you could say like the when you found out or within that first month, if it's the same or different. Okay. So again, not, you asking that question shows all of the front loading and hard work you put ahead of time. When crisis does arrive, you're already ready. So on this side of it, guys, it really does work if you read your Bible and pray and have fellowship and tell other people about Jesus because it all comes in handy Because when it happened, I did not hesitate at all to reach out to you and say, hey, can you do this? Because old me would have been like, I can do it myself, or I don't need other people. This is like very immature Brooke from 10 years ago. But being able to be like, "Mm, it would be dumb to think that I could do this on my own, so let me just see who all can help me, and I need to say yes. And sometimes that lovingly looks like Farron saying, Brooke, I'm doing this. Oh, I ha- Yes, so like Farron, for example, you'll call me and say, I'm doing this thing for your kid. And I'll say, are you sure? And yes, I'm already doing it right now, actually. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yes, because if I start it, it would actually be more hurtful <laughs> for you to say no, because I've already begun. Yeah, so just let people help you. Mm. I like that answer. What do you think this next year holds? I know it's day to day, hour to hour. We'll check here in like two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But what do you, do you have goals for this upcoming year? Whether it's new health things to Mm -hmm. apply for or him becoming more aware and uh, you're still helping him, but Mm -hmm. building that independence foundation now, what goals or things do you have for him and for y'all or the family this year? Okay, that's good. I have a little bit more of a long-term goal. Yeah. So there's a place called Camp Sweeney, and I've heard nothing but amazing things. But basically, it's diabetic camp. 
like for type ones. And there's different camps all over America. So find the one closest to you, but Camp Sweeney is in Texas and I've never heard one negative thing about it, but the, your kid goes for, uh, three, it's like three sets. So I guess 28 days. And they do that because it's like all the science. We talk about habit building all the time. It takes 21 days to make a new habit, whatever. But you can go as young as six and you go for that amount of time. And by the end, you can completely manage your stuff on your own without anybody's help mm -hmm. ever. Like a six-year-old could do it. What? So that would be life-changing. But when people talk about it, they still talk about how they're still connected with all those people. Or they've married them or they go to school with them. So... I would love to say that Camp Sweeney is in our future. I'm just going to speak it into being. Yeah, start it now. The only bad part is it just costs a, a, a lot yeah. of money. But that makes sense because someone is keeping your kid alive for, for lots of days. 28 days. So I would say saving money or putting it to the side would be a financial goal to get him to Camp Sweeney. And also convincing Morgan it's okay to let him go for that long. <laughs> Slash convincing myself it's okay to not see your kid for that long. convincing Morgan. Yeah, I've already looked into like, can I be a Camp Sweeney counselor? And they're like, no, you can't. It can't be a parent. You have to have type one. Oh, oh. Careful what you pray for. I know, right? So it's like, okay, maybe I can like be close, get a drone and hover over the camp. I don't know. But yeah, I would say equipping him and his sisters more. Yeah. And being an advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And also... I need to listen better when he says, I'm hungry. I'm like, you're not hungry. And then his low alert goes off. I'm like, oh, it's because your brain is telling you that you need food immediately. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So I just need to listen to him and teaching him to listen to his body. And then say something. And then be, be persistent about it too. Yeah. Um, just some things that I've learned from this side of it. And if it sparks any other things that maybe you wish people in his community mm -hmm. knew or could support you. Because I think as our friend... As a friend, we want to do anything to help, but it's like, can you cure it? Okay, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but it's even things like if you're having a birthday party mm -hmm. and they come over keeping the cupcake, in, like mm -hmm. the box cupcakes, like yes. keep the ingredients uh -huh. and the nutrition labels yeah. um, handy. It's even, one of those things you never think to think about. Yeah. Like if I dump the bag of chips in a bowl and put it out, like maybe keep those the out. bag yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep it the bags with all the math yeah and I think y'all have done a great job about that too because it's one of those things you don't realize you need until like you see your friend like hey do you have can I look, dig through your trash I think I asked you if I could dig through your trash the other day I was like can I go in your trash can <laughs> but it's helpful I would say that's a big way you could help and even just practical I remember you being like what time do you think you're gonna do the cake and while I'd be like whatever it's like no 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 for dosing, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so things that might, if you have a friend yeah. who has a child with type one diabetes, just know that, like, I've never felt this way. But if they ask you odd things, like they really, <laughs> <laughs> they kind of like have to know. I remember as a teacher too, and I don't feel like I did as well. But like, I wish there are two things I didn't do well. The first one was, in second grade, if a kid lost a tooth, gross. I uh, I'm not touching that. I'd be like, cool, all right, go put it away. And then they'd be like, it's my first one. Oh, and I'd be like, oh my goodness, that is so, let me see, oh, it's still bloody. You know, all the things. <laughs> immediately. It's like when, uh, have you seen that meme where an adult man gets new shoes and goes, no one asked me if they made me run faster. <laughs> so awesome. Um, but the other thing I don't know that I was good about 
was like having a little more forethought about a kid brings like, cupcakes to school yeah. and the parents would do their side right. Mm-hmm. I was aware of that student. They had treats in the nurse's freezer, but man, I'd forget to go grab it before we were doing it. So everyone's eating their cupcake and I'm like, hold on a second, yeah. calling the nurse. She's bringing one down about the time that everyone else is mm-hmm. done. And, you know, sometimes the kid really wanted the cupcake, but sometimes they're eating, like, something super awesome. (laughs) And the other kids are like, that's, you know, that's not fair. Anywho, um, I don't know that I, like, blew it, but I just feel like, in hindsight, there were areas to, like, improve. Mm. And even, you know, when kids come over and we're having a party, I'm like, it's party. You want Cheetos? Eat them. But now being more mindful, and I'm now doing it with all of the kids, because I feel like Gret could be like, why does Farron always ask me to oh, ask my mom first? Mm-hmm. But now I say, it's okay with me, but we need to go ask mom. And I do yeah. it with all the kids that way, like, you know, it, yeah, he's not that, picking up And on that's that. very kind of you to do. Yeah. My, yeah, one of my fears would be that he feels excluded because of, because of it, which it's going to be like that sometimes. Like the other night, it was straight up type 1 diabetes fault. No one else's fault, and there's nothing we can do about it. So there are going to be days like that. And I would also say don't beat yourself up too bad because there are days where you are going to make a mistake and you just got to pray that it wasn't like a big whoopsie one. (laughs) But if it is, there's a hotline you can call like, oh, if I gave him too much or too little or whatever. So don't beat yourself up. I remember Morgan, he said a comment like just kind of poking at me a few weeks ago and I was like man that's really funny but like three months ago I would have cried at that and he's like I know that's why I waited three months to tell you I'm like okay so you don't beat yourself up first six months are hard but it gets better yeah I think as as a friend who wants to help and fix I think I would just encourage anyone that like I knew nothing I still don't know very much (laughs) um so if you're the person in that situation the people around you aren't mind readers. And, like, I kind of Google Wikipedia in, mm-hmm. like, a year ago. Same girl. I don't know it all either. Uh, but, you know, I learned as things arose. And so mm-hmm. that's why we're getting the message out there. Yeah. Um, and, again, it, it's applicable to other uh, health issues. It's applicable to crisis in general. Um, people want to know how to help. But having some of those pieces in place... Ahead of time is always a good idea. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, Farron. Oh, no. How does this all tie back to (laughs) the I Am Rehab miniseries? Because I forgot. Well, I feel like first it requires faith, right? Mm -hmm. Rahab did her part by keeping the uh, spies safe. Mm -hmm. And they had this agreement that, hey, you know, I'm not going to let you die (laughs) when we come and destroy Jericho. Whenever you do get here. Exactly. Take me out walking around six times. Exactly. And I remember, you know, in the book, it talks about going out and making sure that red cord was Uh still there. You still see me, right, guys? (laughs) And like them showing up and then leaving and showing up and leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think that this ties back to the identity and label piece. Mm -hmm. I know this about you. I don't know how many times we've brought it up, but uh, you're not going to let Rhett label him, his identity be tied into type 1 diabetes. Right. It is something he has. Like we say, you have fingernails, but you aren't fingernails. Originally (laughs) originally from Rachel Hollis. Um, But uh, identity was a big thing from that story as well. 
But then also the seasons was one of our favorite Mm -hmm. series talking about, you know, planting the seeds. And so that could look like uh, being in scripture, attending church, our community group, um, having people that are going to pray alongside you. But then also everything you're learning through uh, taking steps forward every day, learning about diabetes, learning specifically about how Rhett's body Uh, adapts to it all the new technology you're reaping and sowing constantly Mm -hmm. uh, with everything that you're learning and it's not over right because that's how seasons work right Mm -hmm. there's a winter and then spring comes again and I think we can choose to look forward to the harvest season too like Mm -hmm. we're putting all this work now but like it's Rhett's gonna have a cool story because it's part of who he is so it's gonna be really neat to see how he's gonna leverage it like 30 years 40 years 50 years Mm -hmm. and just truth whether you're modeling truth to him, but also leaning on scripture of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to God's word. What does God say about you, about right. him? What's God's character? All of it. So yeah. look at you go. Yay, God. <laughs> Only reason I'm still standing. All right, Brooke. Is there any question that I didn't tee you up for or any pep talk of encouragement to someone going through crisis? as broad as you'd like or as specific as a diabetes diagnosis Mm, know the warning signs which is lots of excessive drinking and going to the bathroom very tired and if you need someone to poke you i'll come poke your your kid's finger if you want awesome and then also good lord read your bible right now so that way when stuff happens you're like oh i already know all these truths so i'm not gonna worry and then pray about it and then have your people for sure yes Okay, if people want to learn more about type 1 diabetes specifically, where can they go? Google it. (laughs) Great googly moogly. There's there's a lot of websites. JDRF is good. Beyond Type 1 is good. If you're a Nick Jonas fan, he has type 1 diabetes. He's a Dexcom wearer, and he has Beyond Type 1. And they do a lot of donation stuff as well. That's great. Well, as always, we'll... Maybe I'm going to meet Nick Jonas. There you go. <laughs> Put that out there, too. Nick, <laughs> hey. Hey. Well, as always, we'll link that in the show notes for you, as, long, as well as other resources that Brooke finds handy that might not be yeah. coming to mind at the moment. Excellent. So check those show notes out, guys. We cool. work hard on those. Brooke, thank you for letting Thanks me... Thanks for having me on the show, Farron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, put you in a vulnerable spot. Yeah. I'm not as sweaty as I thought I would be, so... Yay. Hooray. (laughs) Great note to end on. All right. Talk to y'all next week. Bye. We're really good at segues. (laughs) And sound effects, right? Yes. So that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more, and who could blame you? Brooke, (laughs) tell them where they can find us Monday through Friday. We have a lovely website. It's wittyandgritty.blog. You can go there. It has every mini-series ever we've done. What about the socials, Farron? Yes, we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily, but we do also have um, a Pinterest account, so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform. Yeah. Oh, also, fun fact, we release episodes every Wednesday, so you can count on us. Be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to go and find it every week. Yeah, it'll just automatically do the magic computery thingy. Thank you, technology. Go technologies and Uh, Instagrams. Yes. All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by 21 Kicks Journals, the journals you'll actually finish. 
Research shows that actively doing something for 21 days in a row will change your brain. Our uniquely designed 21-day journals will grow you on a deeper level, help you increase your odds of achieving your goals, and, not to mention, they're fun and beautifully designed. Head to the 21 Kicks Etsy shop today to explore your journaling options. We'll link it in the show notes.